0: Hey and welcome to Let's Talk CPF, a podcast where we bring conversations on CPF to your ears. Brought to you by the CPF Board, this podcast will answer common questions, offer tips and feature interviews with industry experts on CPF and financial planning. Thanks for listening and let's get straight into today's episode.
1: Hi there, my name is Sui Kang and I'll be our host today. For this episode, we are going to talk about how you can better manage your home loan so that you do not overstretch your finances. For those of you thinking of upgrading to a bigger HDB flat in the future, this episode is especially relevant for you. Today, we have invited Mr Wong Yong Kang from CPF Board's Housing Schemes Department to answer these questions and more. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Yong Kang.
0: Thank you, sweet Kang. It's a pleasure to be here with you today to share with you more about upgrading. So how long have you been with the Board and what do you do? I have been with the board for more than a year and basically, the Housing Schemes Department looks after matters regarding the use of CPS savings for housing.
1: You know, buying a home is like such a big financial commitment. Have you ever discussed with your partner things like how much of the monthly instalments that you both are going to pay? Yes, certainly. It was always part of the planning before purchasing a flat. You know, it's interesting. I have married friends who split their home loan monthly instalments 50-50 because they say, this is the fairest. Do you have any advice for couples on how much of the monthly instalments each one should be responsible for?
0: This is a common question that we often hear from our friends. Well, there's literally no one-size-fits-all approach as it really depends on each household's financial situation. So for instance, one person may be responsible for the payment of the money instalment while the other takes care of the grocery needs in a household. So one possible way is for couples to consider allocating the monthly instalment based on their income. But we know that in reality, The circumstances faced by every individual can be very different. Someone may have a very high income but also huge financial commitments which eats into their ability to pay more of the monthly instalments. So my advice is actually for married couples to understand what
1: their needs are then decide what is the best arrangement. I see. If two people decide to buy a property together, does it automatically mean that they are under a joint tenancy meaning they own a flat equally or is there another way of holding a property? Not necessarily.
0: So, there are two different manners of holding, namely joint tenancy as well as tenancy in common. So, under a joint tenancy, all the owners have an equal interest in the property with no separate shares. On the other hand, under a tenancy in common, each owner owns a separate and distinct share in the flat. For instance, one owner may own 70% and the other one may just own about 30%. So, I encourage owners who hold their property under tenancy in common to use their CPF monies in proportion to the shares of ownership. Otherwise, if they use more CPF monies more than their share of ownership and choose to sell their share of the property, it may need them to fork out more cash to refund to their CPF account. So this is because the CPF refund is determined based on the proportion of their CPF monies used regardless of their share of ownership to ensure that they have sufficient savings for their retirement.
1: Uh, So you are essentially saying that under tenancy in common, if 1% person is holding 30% share of the flat, he should not finance more than 30% of the total CPF used for the flat. Yes, Shri it's that is right. I see. You know, speaking of paying for the flat, I've just bought my home. How can I actually decide between using more cash or CPF savings to pay the monthly instalments?
0: The more CPF savings you use for your property, the less CPF savings you will have for your retirement. With rising resale prices over the past couple of years, It has become more important to ensure that you do proper financial planning to buy a home within your means. An important consideration is the interest rate. The CPF Ordinary account pays a risk-free interest rate of up to 3.5% per annum and it may be worth considering using cash rather than CPF to pay for housing and leave your CPF savings to earn the interest. Apart from this, you can see your OA savings as an emergency fund In case of any unexpected scenarios such as the loss of income, you can always rely on your OA savings to continue paying for your monthly instalments. However, if you require cash in the near term for your personal needs, you may consider using CPF to help you with your monthly instalments. This gives you more flexibility with your cash savings. Of course, you can opt to use a mix of both cash and CPF for your mortgage instalments as this will provide some flexibility while helping to protect your retirement needs.
1: Mm, Okay, that's very useful to know. As a new homeowner, I look around on the internet a lot about how to save on my housing monthly installments. So I've read a lot about refinancing for home loans. What exactly is this refinancing and should I do so? When you refinance your home, it actually means to switch to a
0: different bank. If you are switching to a new housing loan within the same bank, that is known as repricing so homeowners do so to reduce their monthly instalments by switching to a lower interest rate, especially when the outstanding loan amount is still high or the remaining loan tenure is long. When switching from a HDB loan to a bank loan, there are considerations other than lower interest rate that you should think of. For most bank loans, this interest rate will fluctuate after the lock-in period. If you prefer a more stable loan interest rate, continuing with your HDB loan may be more ideal. However, if you are comfortable with the fluctuations in your loan interest rate and is fine refinancing to a new loan every few years, then you can consider to refinancing a bank loan. If you are already taking a bank loan, it may be worth considering refinancing your bank loan if you can find a cheaper loan alternative offering lower interest rate, as paying less interest will also mean more savings.
1: Does it mean I can just switch from HDB loan to a bank loan and then bank loan back to HDB loan? Do I have the option? And uh, now it doesn't work like that,
0: so do know that you can switch from a HDB loan to a bank loan or from one bank to another, but you cannot switch from a bank loan to a HDB loan. Before refinancing, check with your bank if you're still within any lock-in period because you will incur a financial penalty if you refinance during the lock-in. You should also be aware of how changes in the world may affect you. Recently, the US Federal Reserve rolled out its largest interest rate hike since 1994 to tackle inflation. So what this means is that bank interest rate for housing loans are going up. It may become more expensive to take a bank loan and this trend is likely to continue for some time.
1: Wow, you know, all this talk about rising interest rates make me very worried now. And just paying interest on such a big loan sometimes can make me feel very painful, you know, to my finances. Should I maybe just think about making a partial repayment or shortening my home loan period so that it's less painful? So, making a
0: partial repayment can cut down on the interest for your loan and less interest equates to more savings. However, it's recommended that you work through your finances first to see if you can afford to do so because it doesn't make sense to empty your cash reserve just to make a partial repayment. One thing to note is that if you are taking a HDB loan, you have the option to reserve $20,000 in your ordinary account when you purchase your flat. You can use your reserve ordinary account savings as a buffer for your housing needs to tide you through any unexpected emergencies or unforeseen circumstances, such as illness or loss of employment, and use the excess cash to make a partial repayment. So there are no administrative fees for making a partial or full capital repayment for your HGB loan. On the other hand, for bank loans, there may be early repayment charges. Alternatively, you can consider refinancing your loan to one with a shorter loan tenure.
1: So my intention is to eventually upgrade. Maybe when my family grows, I want to move to a bigger flat. When I sell my current flat, I heard there are some refunds I need to make to my CPF. What are these refunds that I need to make? So Sui Kang, when you eventually
0: sell your property, the sales proceed will be used to pay off the outstanding loan then to your own CPF account if you had used CPF savings to pay for the property. The amount of CPF to be refunded will include Firstly, the principal CPF amount which you have withdrawn for the property. Secondly, the accrued interest which is the amount of interest that your CPF savings will have earned if they have not been withdrawn. And thirdly, any HDB grants given to you if you are selling a HDB flat along with its accrued interest. So this money is refunded back to your CPF to restore your savings to the amount that it should have grown to if it had not been used for housing. However, you can use the OA monies to pay for your next property.
1: Oh, okay. So there's quite a lot to take note for the refunds as well. But I know I've just been paying for my monthly installments just along the way. I haven't really been tracking. How can I actually check how much CPF savings I've used to service my home loan and uh, how much I need to refund? How do I find out?
0: Oh, well, there are two ways for you to do this. So firstly, you can go to the CPF Home Ownership Dashboard. After logging in through your Sync Pass, Scroll to the section titled "Principal Amount and Accrued Interest." Secondly, you can check the amount via the CPF Mobile App. Select the housing icon, and you will see your principal amount and
1: accrued interest. Ah, uh, okay. Given that now it's clearer about what I need to refund if I sell my flat, right? I'm a bit worried, lah. Uh, do I need to top up the difference in cash if what I get from selling my house cannot cover the necessary CPF refund?
0: So Sui Kang, you do not need to worry about the shortfall as you do not need to top out any shortfall in cash, provided that the property is sold at or above market value. Since your intention is to upgrade, do pay attention that you have to keep the shortfall in mind as this means you will not receive any cash proceeds from selling your current home. And as such, you also have less CPS savings for the purchase of your next property. Also, do note that option fees received from your buyers in cash are considered part of the selling price and need to be refunded to your co-owner and your CPF account before the sale transaction can be completed.
1: My thinking was always that when I sell my current flat, right, I will have some money that I can use to go towards paying for my next property. But hearing about these refunds that I need to make, I need to find out, actually, is there any way I can lower the amount that I need to refund to CPF? Well, Sukan, there are several ways for you to do this. Firstly, you can
0: choose to do a voluntary housing refund by using cash to refund the amount of CPF savings you have used to pay for your property. So this reduces the amount that you will need to refund to your CPF account when you subsequently sell your property and your refunded savings would also earn a risk-free interest rate of up to 3.5% per annum. You can perform a voluntary housing refund easily online or via the CPF mobile app. Alternatively, you can use more cash in the first place for your money instalment. This would decrease your OA usage, which serves two benefits. You get to grow your OA savings and have more monies for your retirement. And second, when you subsequently sell your flat, the CPF refunds required is significantly reduced.
1: You know, I'm glad to know that whatever refund the CPF I can still use for my next property purchase. Are there any restrictions on CPF usage that I should take note of when I eventually upgrade?
0: You can only use your OA savings for your housing needs as your special accounts are meant for your retirement needs and your MediSafe account is meant for your medical needs. If the remaining lease of the property can cover the youngest buyer, using CPF savings to the age of 95 years, you can also use your OA savings up to the purchase price or valuation price of the property that's at the time of the purchase and whichever is lower. If the property remaining lease cannot cover the youngest buyer to at least 95 years old, the CPF usage will be prorated based on the extent the remaining lease can cover the youngest buyer till 95 years old. For example, if a property has 60 years of lease left, a 40-year-old buyer would be able to use more CPF savings to purchase the property as compared to a 30-year-old because the flat lease will not cover the 30-year-old till he turns 95.
1: Oh, is this rule specifically for like upgraders only or does it apply for first-time buyers as well? How do we actually find out how much CPF savings we can use towards a property? I'm glad that you asked. So this rule applies to both members buying their
0: first home and upgraders. You may use the CPF housing usage calculator found on our website to determine the total amount of CPF savings that can be used. Also, be mindful that the proportion of CPF contributions that goes into your ordinary account reduces progressively after age 35. This means the amount of OA savings that you can use for your housing will gradually decrease as you age. Remember this when you are planning to buy your next home.
1: Wow, that's a lot of very useful information you have shared. I think it's very clear to me now that how I manage my home loan can not only help me better plan to upgrade in future, but also avoid compromising my retirement income. Thank you once again, Yong Kang from the CPF Board's Housing Schemes Department for coming on the podcast and sharing this vital information with me.
0: Oh, thank you, Sun Kang, for having me. Very glad to be here today for this podcast. So for more information regarding your housing inquiries, you can always check out the CPF website for more details. Before you go, we would love to hear from you. Email us with your questions or comments at podcast at cpf.gov.sg so we can create better content for you. You can also leave us a review on the platform you're listening from to help others learn about our podcast. For the latest news, visit cpf.gov.sg slash podcast or follow our social media pages. Thank you once again. Until the next time, let's talk CPF.